Welcome to this week's episode of the Marked for Eternity podcast, where we bring you biblical truth on topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. This episode is made possible by the Ultra Global Partners. To find out more information about the Ultra Global, please go to thealtraglobal.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Here are your hosts, Jeremiah and Paul Johnson. Welcome to the Mark for Eternity podcast. This is one of your hosts, Jeremiah Johnson. On today's podcast, I have the privilege of, of interviewing James Alladeran again. And uh, on a recent episode, James and I talked about uh, just the power of prayer, his testimony, some of his connections with Karen Wheaton and Lou Engel. We just want to encourage our audience to track with James over at the prayer storm and uh, Karen Wheaton and Lou Engel are friends of the house here to encourage you to uh, check out their ministries as well. James, thanks for coming on again. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about fasting, uh, consecration. Uh, I think James, since we just kind of initially hit it off here uh, in the U.S., We've kind of be, begin. We're already getting into conversations, mm-hmm. right? We're we're sharing our burden about the need for, you know, it's like when you say revival, mm-hmm. whether it's in the UK or it's in America, it's almost like we're taking these sacred words mm-hmm. and we're we're putting them into um, atmospheres or environments that are almost like making them unholy. Mm-hmm. And so when you say revival. If you look historically at revivals or moves of God, you you always see things like repentance. Mm-hmm. You see the fear of the Lord. You see people almost trembling under the weight of God's manifest presence mm. entering into a region. Mm. People are convicted over sin. Mm-hmm. That's a holy thing. Mm. But now in the postmodern world, and again, I believe it's probably m- most continents, most countries, when you say revival, we think of kind of lights and music and people are excited and there Mm -hmm. are famous speakers Mm -hmm. in a lineup and we're like, yeah, we're at the revival, Mm -hmm. but what does that really mean? So I'd love to hear your perspective on revival. And when we talk about fasting or prayer or consecration, how does your understanding of those subjects line up with revival? Yeah, well, that's a powerful <laughs> question and a strong way to start because uh, you're right in your kind of, you know, description of how lots of people in the church these days uh, use that word. It's a buzzword that has lost meaning. So we talk about, you know, people like John Wesley and how God used them. And we love to talk about the stories of, you know, the incredible moves of God through Judge Whitfield, John Wesley. But what we fail to do is emulate the lifestyle that led to the those sorts of moves and you know in one of the sessions we had i was saying uh, to the students that god is not just interested about what you have is interested about how you got it and he's interested in the process so when i think about john wesley judge whitfield charles feeney you know evan roberts and i and i think about these revivalists i'm not just interested in the move of god i am but i am intrigued about what led to that outpouring and it's very clear to me through history through 
through scriptures, there's often be re repentance, fasting, giving themselves in really focused way to seeking the Lord. And so when I think of revivals, I can't think of a true revival that doesn't have those elements of consecration, of repentance, of fasting, of prayer in it, you know, and you know, we live in a generation that's very TikTok, very fast, wanting things quick and wanting things instant. And so people have got to a place where their lives, uh, it's like, uh, the, the cross is revolving around their lives as opposed to their lives revolving around the cross. So it's now, all about their comfort and in my little understanding a study of revival comfortable people don't change history right. <laughs> let's put it that way he god want, god is in the process of getting rid of flesh in the process of of a convicting changing us so that we can carry the very thing that we're crying out for i say god wants to release moves of his spirit in increasing measure but the problem is oftentimes we the container the vessels need to be made ready and i don't see how we can truly see god move in a way that's going to be sustained without God really taking us through the threshing floor, preparing us through consecration, through fasting, through prayer. And so I get concerned when I just see people using that as buzzwords, but not committed to the lifestyle. So the revival I'm believing God for is similar to what we read in revival stories of old, but even more than that, because, you know, the Bible says the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. So if God moved in such a crazy way through Smith Wigglesworth and uh, what's it, uh, Charles Feeney and people coming under the conviction of sin in a massive way, I'm like, why are we not seeing a lot of that right now? And if we're going to see more of that in the days to come, then that means we actually are meant to see the lifestyle that brought those sorts of manifestations. But we're not seeing those lifestyles right now because many people are just uh, aligning with, with, the, with the version of the gospel that makes them very comfortable and doesn't challenge their, their flesh. And consecration is a huge subject. God always, let me say it this way, and I get this from Luengo, when God has a special mission, it puts a demand on the life for a special lifestyle. That's right. Yeah, I think that's so good. I remember saying uh, one time to a crowd, I, I think Christians, unfortunately, are, are more familiar with hell on earth than heaven on earth. Mm. It just seems like you, you talk to more and more people. I mean, I know you travel as well, but just in, in the recent months and years, going into so many churches where there's so much sickness, mm. there's so much disease, mm. there's so much hopelessness. And it's almost like we're, we're, we're we've accepted this kind of hellish mm. experience on earth as normal mm. to the Christian life. Mm -hmm. And even at times we, we have revival services mm which is like a shot in the arm, mm -hmm. you know, or, or even the subject of fasting. It's like, okay, it's January. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to do a week or 21 days. And here, here is my gift to God mm -hmm. for, you know, whatever I want him to do. And it's, it's not a lifestyle, mm -hmm. you know? And so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really hearing you emphasize that to our listeners today, that if we're going to truly go after and pursue revival, 
it has to move beyond lip service. Absolutely. I mean, this is about making sacrifices in the day to day. One of the things that I like to point out to people, you know, in Luke chapter 14, there's a parable that's told about a wedding feast mm-hmm. and there's invitations that are given out to RSVP back and the excuses that people make. Mm why they can't RSVP are very interesting. Hmm. It's a, a wife, an oxen, and hmm. a piece of land. And hmm. I remember reading this story one day, having an issue with it. And one of the ways that I have learned how to cultivate revival in my own life is rather than ignore hard scriptures, I wrestle with them. Hmm. And so I'm reading this Luke 14 and my wrestle is, Lord, nothing that they mentioned is evil. Mm. A wife, a piece of land, and an oxen were all excuses why they couldn't say yes to an invitation for more. And the Lord reminded me of the story of Isaac and Abraham. Mm. You know, what was so evil about Isaac that God asked Abraham for Mm. him? Mm. And the Lord started talking to me about Jeremiah the, the revival that's coming, and I think that you're alluding to this, that even with a, with a, a landscape of revival history, the revival that's coming is going to be greater. But what happens if that greater revival is not just about giving up evil stuff? Mm-hmm. What if God wants the good stuff? Yes. What if, what if Isaac wasn't evil but what if he became too good in the eyes of Abraham? What if our challenge in the postmodern church is that we're turning God's gifts into God's? And I just believe that in many cultures today, those good things in our lives, the comforts and the conveniences, it's not that they're evil, but we so easily turn these gifts into God's putting them in a higher uh, dimension than God himself. And so when we say the Lord wants to bring revival, Christians look around and they say, well, I'm not drinking anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not sleeping around anymore. I'm not doing drugs. I'm good. I have no need to repent. You Mm. must be talking about someone else. And God is actually saying, no, I'm talking to you. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful you gave up that, that sinful stuff in your past. But in order for you to step into revival mm. in now and in the future, there's some good things in your life that you're going to have to give up and sacrifice mm. to get to that next stage. Absolutely. Does it, does any of that? Oh, absolutely. Yes, it does resound me. You know, I, I believe it's, it's Hebrews, probably Hebrews 12, where it says about laying aside the sin and the weight that so easily besets us. And let's run the race. You know, uh, that said before, saying you realize that sin is a weight, but it says sin and the weight. So there could be weights that are, in quote, good and not necessarily bad things, but they may not be sin, but they are slowing us down in our pursuit of God. And God is in the business of slaying flesh. He's in the business of getting rid of these things because we can carry the dimension of what he's wanting to release while we're still hosting these other idols, these other gods. In fact, oftentimes I, I also see a pattern, even when you talked about um, uh, Abraham and you talked about uh, how you know he had to let go of Isaac. And I see a similar pattern with Hannah in scripture as well. Because, yeah. you know, 
for God to do what he was going to do through Abraham, he had to slay Isaac in his heart. So he didn't kill Isaac physically, but right. God only told him to stop when he lifted that sword because Isaac had died in his heart. So figuratively, like, like scripture says, he actually received Isaac back from the dead. And I think even in the prayer movement, in the movement for prayer, sometimes our prayer requests can become idols mm. that God needs to slay in our hearts. For example, Hannah in scripture, she was in a place where she desperately wanted a son, but she only got the son when the son had died in her heart to her own selfish desires of wanting the son for herself. She said, Lord, I will give him back to you and when that death occurred in her there was a shift so i see this pattern of god often being in the business of killing things in us killing idols in us in fact god loves the smell of burning flesh he likes us dying to ourselves so that he can be more glorified so this is why what we're talking about is critical because any kind of revival in quote any move of god that does not have these ingredients to me is suspicious because when God comes, he likes to deal with things that are in the way of his glory. Nothing is going to take that place. He likes to destroy the works of the flesh so that he can be more glorified in us. And I want to wrap it up with this. God is in us for a reason to get out. He wants to get out of us. He's within our spirits. And you know what stops him from coming out oftentimes? It's the flesh. Mm -hmm. So we're in this business. Well, he's in the business of calling us to a place of laying our lives down on the altar uh, through uh, obedience, listening to his instructions in our lives. And he starts to deal with areas of our lives that are knowing uh, conformity and alignment with his purposes for us. So to agree with what you're saying, I believe consecration, letting go of these idols. I, I think here in America, probably called like a, the American dream, yep. <laughs> you know, yep. buying into this idea, you know, that, you know, I just want to be successful, have a nice house, a nice car, a nice whatever, and then just put Jesus on the top of that or something, or Jesus in the mix. That, that That's not really what he's after. He wants to come and take over. He's a Lord, not right. just like, you know, your buddy over here that just comes in and just sits down and does nothing. He wants to rule and reign. Actually, something else to add to that. I said this last time we had a meeting with the altar students. I said, you know, one of the problems we have is a kingless gospel where we don't have the revelation of a king that gives commands and demands our obedience and allegiance fully to him. Oftentimes we live based on how we feel and, you know, all our options are open and, you know, we can do this, we can do that. And he's not actually the be all and end all you know there's a plan a but there's a plan b if god doesn't show up we have this option and that option and that option but in this last day revival i believe the lord is looking for people that are going to be slaves forgive me for using that word if that offends you slaves to righteousness slaves to his agenda where we are only concerned about what he's concerned about and there's no way you can do that and god may express himself through you and there's no way you can do that and your flesh still you know be having its way yeah, I mean, I'm literally listening to you and just thinking about like, well, brother, where's that in the Bible? And I'm like, I can give you three words. Paul said, I die daily. daily. <laughs> and there's an invitation to die daily. And I, I don't know how, you know, if you're in a marriage relationship or you have kids, I mean, there's an opportunity to die every day, Absolutely. right? You know, let alone what, whatever the Lord uh, comes after in all yeah, of us. Yeah, so yeah. I think revival, it's a continual 
exposing yes. of, of anything that is in the way. And James, my experience has been pursuing revival or as a student of revival history, it's like in one season you get peeled back like an onion and, mm. and, and your flesh and your excuses, it, it, it gets exposed and then you're like, okay, I'm good. And then another wave of revival comes and you're like, oh man, but it, and, and, but you find joy in it. Yes. I think sometimes people feel like I'm never going to meet, uh, meet up to the stand. I'm never going to. And I think that's like the Holy spirit comes to convict us of sin yes. and convince us of righteousness, Absolutely. his righteousness. Yes. Right. So I just, I've learned how to embrace. Yes. I've learned how to enjoy. Mm-hmm. There really is joy through the suffering and through laying our life down. I mean, I think of the statements of Jesus for the joy set before, before him, him. He yes. endured the cross, as mm-hmm. Paul said. So, I mean, I just think if you're, if you're listening today and you're like saying ouch and amen <laughs> to this podcast, like, we want to pray for you. We want to ask the Holy yeah. Spirit to come alongside of you and give you grace as we all put things, we're all in it together. Absolutely. The Lord is not necessarily targeting one person on the podcast today, but I think he's inviting all of us to the table of more mm. saying, hey, there's a call. There's an hour that we're living in. There's radical darkness but it's going to be met by radical light. Mm. You know, even as you say that, I'm just thinking of the whole illustration of uh, a light. The brighter the light gets, the more you notice things on you you never noticed before. Mm. And so as we journey into God, just as you're saying, what was okay in one season ends up not being okay in the next season because now he starts to shine his light on that saying, if you're going to move to where, if you're going to go with me to where I'm going, well, that behavior can't go with you. That mindset can't go with you. You need to shift in the way you are in this area. And so God constantly, lovingly comes in to bring challenges into our lives. Part of the problem as well in the church is, you know, I think we had a chat about this yesterday that some people think, you know, if anything is negative, mm. then it's not of God. Yeah. <laughs> and don't realize actually there are a lot of things that God does and his heart is for us in it. And it might seem negative to us at the time, but it's for our own good because he wants us to be conformed into his image. Yeah, absolutely. Paul said, behold the kindness and severity yeah, of God. Yeah. And as sons and daughters, we're grateful for his discipline. Yeah. It's a sign that he loves us. Well, let's pray today to yeah. close. James, will you just pray over the, the listeners today mm. that the Holy Spirit would help us in our pursuit mm. of real revival? Yeah, Father, we thank you for this conversation. Thank you for everyone listening right now. Uh, Lord, we don't want to just be listeners and hearers. Uh, we want to be doers of your word. So, Lord, I'm asking if I'm thinking of that scripture in Revelations that says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And actually, I I want us all to pray this differently. Say, Lord, don't knock on the door of my heart anymore. I'm giving you the keys. Just come in (laughs) whenever you want. Turn the tables upside down. Shake whatever needs to be shaken. For the sake of the move of your spirit in my family, my community, my nation, I need you to move in and through me. So, Lord, I am reconsecrating. I'm giving myself to you right now afresh. I am disconnecting from the distractions, from the contaminations, from all the things 
things that the world has to offer and I wanted to give myself to you afresh. Would you shine your light on every area of our lives where we're not fully in alignment with you, Lord? The hour is urgent and we don't want to miss you. So Holy Spirit, I pray that your light will continue to shine and that with that would come the grace to step into full and radical obedience to your will. We want to be fully aligned to you in this season, Lord. So Lord, I pray for a spirit of consecration. That's that hunger, that desire that causes us to run to you in spite of all that the world has to offer, Father. Let that begin to rest upon us. That's it. The spirit of conviction. Let the Holy Spirit begin to rest upon us in a fresh way. That you begin to convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Lord, the areas of our lives where we've bought into wrong ideas, even the American dream and all these other things that have crowded our pursuit of you. Lord, begin to strip them away right now. We want to be solely focused on you, Father, that you truly be glorified. We don't want to be just people that talk about revival. We want to be carriers of that revival, Father. Just like John Wesley said about revival, that he, he sets himself on fire and the world comes to watch him burn. Lord, let that be our reality, that we're people that are consumed by your fire. And everywhere we go, because of our consecration to you, we are fire starters and people that release your revival. So Lord, I pray over every listener that this will be our reality in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. James, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. We look forward to seeing all that God does with you in the UK. We welcome you again into America. Thank you for coming. And uh, for our listeners, go follow James, The Prayer Storm. Uh, Follow him on his YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening today. We'll be back with you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the March for Eternity podcast as we seek to bring biblical truth to this generation regarding topics such as marriage, family, and ministry. We want to give a special thank you to our ultra-global partners who make it possible for us to release fresh content such as this in order to train and equip the body of Christ around the world. If you were blessed by this episode, make sure to go to thealtraglobal.com forward slash podcast to listen to current and past episodes. God bless and thank you for listening.